To get rid of those pesky ads, request stories, listen to unlisted and bonus episodes, and to chat with the gang, support us by clicking the description link. Uh, what's up everybody? My name is John. I'm sitting here with Jen and Nicole. I got a lovely, lovely story tonight. You haven't heard of this killer at all. It's fantastic. It's a, oh, it's actually a terrible, terrible case as far as how to the how to die, as far as how he's killing his victims. Oh. And oh my god, this this case. I, I I can promise you you haven't heard this anywhere. And I think you guys are really, really gonna like this. Also, for you guys, Supremos that are on now, we love you guys. And tomorrow, if you guys are cool with it, since we're not going to have time today, but Nicole's mama is coming here. And mm -hmm. if you guys want to get on live chat, I want to cover a certain story that happened in a, a certain city of Atlanta that a certain Supremo posted on the Discord. The ATL? ATL. I want to cover the house that bleeds because I started I started researching it and then I found like this whole trove of information and it is more than what you think. It is a it is actually a pretty compelling story. Surprise shots, surprise shots. We don't know what they are because they're a surprise. Okay, so I got the raspberry. Jen got the watermelon. Mm. John got the peach. I like peach. All right, let's get this thing going, man. Nicole's like super tan and Jen's like super vampire. That's me all the time. Speak did you guys watch that show yet? <laughs> Not yet. John just wants to pressure wash. So can we watch an cool. can we watch an episode later? No, probably not. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Jen. I think you guys will like it. I'm willing. Even if John if John does not want to watch it, I will watch it on my own while I'm doing my listing stuff, which is totally fine. All right, let's get this started. Welcome everyone. Tonight I'm just gonna jump right in it. Thank you so much, Jen, for doing that story for us. It was really, really well done. Thank you. But anyway, tonight, we're going to freaking get in on this, man. We're going to hear tonight, and this story is nuts, 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 nuts. How many times are you going to say nuts? We're going here right now. Does it have to do with nuts? Huh? Nothing. No, it is not. I wasn't making a, a you know, one of those. Here we go, guys, right here. Where is this at? Planet Earth. Oh, damn it, I was hoping it would, like, zoom all the way out. All right. So where is this, Jen? Australia. I can, I can, rem I can edit that out if you want. Is that not Australia? Uh, well, is it Africa? Yeah. I mean, Zimbabwe, yeah, Zimbabwe oh Zambia, Botswana. I can't see the shape of it. It looks. <laughs> you need to zoom out so I can see the shapes of it. Okay, now I know it's Africa, but when you had it down the other way, I couldn't see the other half of it. See, okay, now that's the view that we had. Nicole, can you confirm that is the view that we had? Australia. Yes, now pull it down. Jen, I said I can edit that out for you. See, now go down. See, now that looks like Australia. I had the shape right. I wasn't looking at the That is not the same shape, yo. It is. All right, guys, we're going here right now. And tell me if you know the story, which you don't, because guess what? They didn't cover it on My Favorite Murder. I don't know why. I don't know why I keep talking shit. I'm just so pissed, man. We've been we've been doing this shit just as long as these other assholes. He's feeling salty. And we're still at the fucking bottom. We're not at the bottom. We love our fans. And you know what? Just because other people haven't heard us yet doesn't mean they won't. And even if they don't, we're doing... Well, never mind. I'm doing this because I have fun with it. And I just... I like interacting with the people that we have. This is actually a really nice area here in South Africa. So we are pretty close to... Johannesburg, where um, Elon Musk, I think he's from Johannesburg. I'm, I'm not sure. I know he's from South Africa, but we're pretty close to that. That's where we're starting the story tonight. We're actually talking about the fifth serial killer. Literally, the fifth. That is not the, the fifth in biggest. In South Africa? The fifth biggest or whatever. The fifth. I've oh. never heard in America someone say, oh, yeah, he's a, the fifth serial killer. It's kind of weird, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's hard to pin <laughs> down for us. But this is the Parktown High School for Girls, so that's not a good sign. That's not a good sign at all. Now, I don't have the exact photo of of the the actual victim we're starting with tonight, but here is a photo of what the uh, the uh, the the girls look like. So young, fourteen wow. to sixteen ish. Yeah. Yeah. Since we're going tonight to nineteen ninety six, May sixth, nineteen ninety six, I don't have a picture of the fourteen year old, the first victim here. 
And like I said, this is a crazy story. What, Jen? <laughs> Jen. I, I didn't say anything. I'm just thinking about how spicy this Bloody Mary is. Yeah. It's good, though. I'm right. sorry. I didn't mean to make it so spicy. No, it's good. It's good. It's a good heat. It's sorry. watered down, man. It's because of the ice. I'm sorry. Swirl it around with your finger. Yeah, swirl it. Your finger. I don't like that, but I'm not breaking eye contact with you either. And I kind of don't Ew, stop. Stop being creepy. Creepy John, cut this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I win. No, you blinked. I first. did not blink. Bulls titties. All right. Tonight we're going to May 6, 1996. We're going to South Africa near Johannesburg. 14 year old Prudence Miller. She takes a taxi. Now, this taxi has been picking her up and taking her to this all girl school for several months. So, this is just another morning for her. Now, she actually travels quite far in this taxi because she's coming from, she's very gifted. She is very intelligent. So, and this school, Parktown Girls High School, is for the overachievers. The ones that have the great grades, the one, I mean, it's it's almost like a private school, but it's based on how well you do. You can get accepted here type of thing. So Prudence Miller, this 14-year-old, travels all the way from a taxi every morning to go to the school. And her her family is hoping that she's going to be the one, because our, let's just be honest here, in this area where she's living in a lot of South Africa, as you'll see, is not the the most wealthiest type of people. Mm. And there is no, like in America, in America, it's, oh, you got a kid? Well, he's got to go to school. In countries like this, yeah, school, no. Did you know that in Florida, like you don't have to enroll your child in school? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. At any age? So I'm just, for, for where I'm at, there was a, there's a child that's trying to enroll who was, was, whose parents were divorced and apparently was with the mom and the mom didn't enroll that child in eighth grade and they're trying they're trying to enroll them in my school currently and we're like no but the middle school is like no so we currently we don't know what to do with that child wow yeah you can't just like throw them out or something <laughs> i am not a good person <laughs> it's questionable <laughs> ashley i'll send you an autograph Someone give me Ashley's Canadian address and I'll send it to her from America. Even though that Prudence, 14-year-old Prudence, is in this elite school for girls, she's still the top of her class. So they notice this morning, May 6, 1996, when she doesn't show up. Something's wrong here that this girl does not show up to school at all. Now, she was she was brutally, brutally murdered. We're going to a couple of days later when her body was found. She didn't make it to school. No one knows what happened on that 30-minute taxi drive all the way to Parktown Girls School. She got close, you know. Maybe she got there and and wandered off or maybe she got there and accepted a ride from somebody or got abducted. Nobody knows. But her body was found near the intersection and she was, quote, brutally raped and strangled. There was a huge public outcry on this one. She was, it's probably, you know, self, you know, self-explanatory, but she was a virgin. And there was a huge, huge public outcry because this was a 14-year-old girl. And there have been bodies before, but not of a 14-year-old. The police needed to do something after this. I mean, the, the public outcry. Because this is, at this point, the seventh body, seventh or eighth body that has shown up in this particular area. And the the public outcry was so great at this one that people would write. And one of the, the letters that came in, this scathing letter said, you need to do something about the, quote, tendency of bodies piling up. There's obviously a serial killer here and he is targeting now children. This is mm. the first. He's now targeting a 14 year old. Whoever this is, we need to stop. Yeah. Now, it's not easy to stop someone like this. And in fact, they had to call in an, an expert, as we'll talk about. The uh, police commissioner called in this guy named Piet Bilevald. And we're actually reading from his book tonight. I'm going to talk a little bit about him. He is a career detective homicide unit, and he is fabulous. His his book is excellent. And the crimes he's, he's solved, a lot of serial killers, a lot of unknown cold cases, he solved personally. Like, they don't call a unit, oh, let's send the homicide team in. They call this guy, but we'll talk about that. I do have the actual photo here, but the only one I can find was of the 14-year-old cut out. So this is the photo here. 
of the crime scene and the the body is has been photoshopped out as you see and i'll put all these on talkmore.com it's not not bad you can look at it Jen. it's just but you see how she's kind of laying in the brush in the bush there yeah does she have a backpack on yeah i think so yeah so mm-hmm. this is her head so she's kind of laying on her side she's wearing a skirt as you saw in the uh the photo of the uh, just a random the girl there. Skirt, yeah, yeah exactly she's got a backpack on and I, i'm not really sure what this is. those are her hands her she's hands. holding something maybe maybe and you see her feet here so that's the only photo that's provided for her 14 year old the scene of her body was I mean, this is South Africa. All the other photos are not blurred out or anything. So the scene of her body was extremely hard to to look at. Let's just say that. Someone phoned the mother after she went missing before the body was found and said they know it was a man, a strange man. All he said was, I know where your daughter Prudence is. He gave an exact location. The mother goes, which is ballsy. The mother just gets in her car and goes herself. No protection or nothing. Nobody was there. The body was found close to that spot though all right moving on 24th of march 1996 a a mother a pauline disappears from her little neighborhood the seven-year-old said or he kept repeating that the cops is the cop comes to the house the seven-year-old has been in the home for days taking care of himself he's worried he's just a child the the police get there they say where's your mommy where's your mommy he just kept repeating the same thing quote my mommy took a taxi to the city i don't know when she's coming back she's had the same taxi driver for several months her legs and arms are twisted and tucked underneath her and her head has been bashed in the murder weapon has been tossed beside the body, a blood-smeared iron bar. Shoes and pieces of clothing lie scattered, her body covered with wounds sustained when the killer cut off the victim's underclothing with a knife. So obviously there's rape here, plus the 14-year-old was raped and strangled. Mm. Same thing. Let's go to another one. There's so many of them in this case, it might as well just kind of go at random. A nurse that was working at the Morningside Hospital, she wore a... Smart, these uh, smart blue shorts. And apparently those shorts really turned the killer on. She's been taking the same taxi for several months. You guys seeing who the killer is, maybe? He's a taxi driver. Oh. Really, Jen? Did you <laughs> did you not know that? <laughs> Fuck. Oh, shit. <laughs> So over there, not everyone has cars, obviously. Like, I mean, I'm not trying to be, you know. Elitist? Well, I I am trying to be that, yes. But (laughs) I'm just kidding. No, I'm not trying to be. He's not trying to be. He just is. I thought I had a beer. No. No. Would you like this one? No. Not everyone has cars. And the reason I say that is because I don't know about you guys, but in America, literally everyone has a car. Mm-hmm. Okay. So over there, a lot of taxis. And in the UK, I think Derek and Darren can tell us this. A lot of people just walk and take the bus. Alex could tell us too. Or Lauren. Alex, yeah. I actually had a friend that had never driven a car before he was from the UK. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. So a victim, a nurse worked. Working at Morningside, got into a taxi that she's been riding for a while. And this guy had asked his his cab boss, he's a taxi driver, if he could work Sundays just so he could take her to church. They would go to church together. The nurse told told her parents about this kind and cute taxi driver that is so adorable. He's just the nicest guy. And all the girls love him. All the girls love him. And he's taking me to church, Mom. He's just a really nice guy. Months go by of him taking her to church and building this trustful relationship. And we do have one. We do have her picture, if you guys want to see it. This mm-hmm. is her picture right here. Can you describe what she looks like? No, she looks like she's being strangled. Like, she looks like she's turning blue. Poor thing. Eesh. So what is that around her neck? Is that a purse strap? Yeah, good there call. There you go. Very mm-hmm. good call. Now, look at this knot, okay? Because this is a, uh, a special knot. It's a special knot that the only the killer uses. It's his own uh, branded knot, a signature. And as you see here, and I'll put this photo on talkmore.com, but this this lady is being strangled with her own purse strap. So I guess she has uh-huh. a tan leather purse. And wait, do, do, do purse straps come off? I mean, Some you of can them. tear them off. Some of them have How a 
clip at the bottom. Oh, yeah. clips. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess the purse is unclipped and it's around her neck. And you see, remember what I talked about last time when the body expands? Yeah. Yep. You see this part right here? It's yeah. kind of poking out. Mm-hmm. And you see how blue it is here? Yeah. How much circulation you think she's getting to her head? Zero. That is pretty tight. And not only is it tight, it's wrapped twice. You see? Yeah. It's wrapped around twice. And then there's a knot here, which is a special knot that is dubbed after the killer. I'm sorry. What? Looking at the chat. Shram just kills me. What what is she saying? <laughs> Nikwee said, What is the what are the first names of the serial killing couple, Parker and Barrow? And Shram says Pine and Apple. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty creative group, I gotta say. Ren and Stimpy, <laughs> Tina and Ike. I like them. Who is Tina and Ike? Turner. Tina Turner. Ike Turner. Oh. Yeah, these are good. Good responses. You know, Bonnie, you know, Bonnie and Clyde weren't married. Correct. Yes, that's correct. Do you think Bonnie is a, you think Bonnie is kind of a, not a role model, but I mean, you think she's kind of impressive? We covered that story, but um, she, she, as for a female, remember, she couldn't even use, she didn't even have full mobility of her leg. Remember, she got in that horrible accident and and yeah. do you remember that one time i mean i think both i think them as a couple is kind of idealized right i know but do you remember that one time do you remember that one time? in band camp do you remember i so when, when i did the story they pull up mm-hmm. to these like la- these prison laborers working in the field mm-hmm. breaking big rocks into small rocks yeah they're they're like putting cool the train Luke. the the train railroads together and what happens bonnie bonnie uh what's her last name bonnie uh parker bonnie parker pulls up in her 350 Chevy mm-hmm. gets out with a Tommy gun and just starts spraying. <laughs> this is Can't a female. So she is limping. She's limping at this point because her legs all messed up and she just starts spraying. I mean, come on. Is that not the coolest shit you've ever heard? I mean, uh, I don't think that murder is depends. cool. So, depends. oh my God, dude. I was Negative like, what? I was like, damn. Anyway, damn. women can do things. Yeah, I know, but. Things. I mean, we I can know. do hard things, right? Yeah, you can. I knew you were gonna say that. Talking about, an yeah, erect. we know. We let's just let's just not talking about it. Stop. <laughs> Months go by. Months go by. This this taxi driver is driving this nurse, taking her to church on Sundays. The nurse is telling her parents about this guy and. She's actually kind of opening up to maybe something, you know, maybe a relationship, maybe something. I don't know. Months go by. And then finally he pounces. He pounces. He drives her to a, a little spot, an isolated, secluded spot. She's like, what, what, where are you going? And then, as you saw, that's what she ended up. Raped and murdered. The knot is called the Mazingane. Okay, this is the Mazingane knot. I'm going to show you one more time. How do you spell that? Uh, I'm going to show you. Mazinga ne. So it, it's got that South African eh. Mazinga ne. Not. That's called the Mazinga ne. Not. Hmm. That's how she ended up with the Mazinga ne knot. Let me talk a little bit about the knot. The Mazinga ne knot. Double looped. Pulled tightly across the throat. Woman's hands tied behind her back. She's flipped over on her back. At that point, she's raped. Now we're talking about, we're talking about 16 here <laughs> in total in this same fashion. 16. That's a lot of people. Flips over on her back. He rapes her then. <sighs> he then turns her back on her stomach. Then he ties the ankles together. Not with the, the magazine, the Mazingane knot, just with the regular knot. Then he takes the cord of, or the leather strap or whatever you're carrying with you that can kind of form a uh, string. And he ties that knot in the center of the throat. And that's his signature. If you want to read number two, while I look at this live chat. From the book Belveld, Dossier a Serial Sleuth, he keeps it up until the blood vessels in the eyes pop. The tongue turns purple. The pressure usually causes blood to gush from the nose and mouth. It's an implosion, almost, as oxygen fails to reach the brain. So we talked uh, last time about having the lungs concentrated. So this, when when you are tying something so tight and suffocating someone so much... The, the blood that's flowing one direction starts to flow backwards. Things start to get overworked. They start to burst. Your capillaries and your lungs, they start to burst. 
Blood starts gushing from your nose and mouth. And this detective, Byveld, who wrote this book, says it's an implosion. Oxygen fails to reach the brain, the brain. And then all of that buildup starts just bursting things in your body. Mm, I never thought of it as an implosion before. That's a good analogy. 16 bodies. What are you going to do with these tendencies of bodies? And now there's a 14-year-old girl. Can you do something? And this is in the police support the the tendency of bodies which means are you guys doing anything about these bodies they're not they're not hidden they're not in the woods they're on the side of the road and they're not dead from heat stroke they're raped they're strangled and they have purse straps around their neck and they're just sitting there what are you guys going to do about this all raped all strangled all near the nasrec exhibition grounds the serial killer we're talking about tonight is called the nazareth killer which is south of johannesburg bodies kept appearing sometimes two or three bodies a day just pile them up pile them up you know the victims they were all kind of found the same way all female obviously all around the same age no okay no not all around the same age you have nurses 30 something you have a 14-year-old. Pretty much whoever he can get his hands on. It. You even uh-huh. have, as what we're going to talk about here in a minute, an elderly couple. Oh, no. 70. It doesn't oh. matter. It doesn't matter. To a sexual deviant, think about Ted Bundy. He's a sexual deviant. If he didn't, if he didn't live in that area where he could go out to the beach and see all the the girls his age or whatever, he would take what he can get, even if it's elderly. He because he needs to. He needs to release those demons that, you know, a sexual sadist or not say a sexual uh, deviant like this. You know, they're, they're, they're opportunist. They just need to release all strangled. The same thing. Straps, handbags, panties, belts, whatever you got on you. You don't have a, a purse with you. Do you have panties? I could use that. I can tie those in the same mazingane knot just as I can the leather strap. All the victims were similar with appearance, all well Groomed. Hmm. They were, and this is very detailed as far as a specific victim type. They were all wearing nail polish. Oh. The nail polish was all bright and colored. Bright colors makes this guy tick. Bright colors. On the nails? On the nails, yeah. Nail polish. So if you're wearing black, you're all set. Or if you don't wear nail polish like me, then you're all set. All but one of his victims had been wearing a dress. At one stage, he had developed a taste for little girls. He pointed out places at Orange Farm where he had killed four young girls. One of them, he boasted, had lured, he had lured with chocolates. So check this out. And I'll put this on talkmore.com, but do you think this guy should be stopped? I mean, I'd hope. Yeah. You see all these? The red? Those are all the murder victims. Holy smokes. The blue are the ones that survived but were raped. Oh, interesting. So they're like from a very distinct area that he would not kill them. If you look at the red, they're kind of spread out a little bit more and the blue are all compact in one area. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, here's why. Because when he's going to kill someone, he does kind of go into an isolated location. I mean, even though it's South Africa and he does kind of just dump them. He's not going to, I mean, someone's going to stop and try to stop him from killing someone. That's why he's kind of going out. This guy should be stopped. Yeah. Look at the evidence. Look at all this evidence. These are all evidence folders for this one serial killer. Yikes. The Nazarek serial killer. Every one of these boxes are the victims, the interviews, the profiles, everything. Why can't you catch this guy? What's the deal? Well, I guess you got to call the expert. Now, this dude... This is a book, man, right here. This guy, right here. Dossier of, of a serial sleuth. We don't have detectives like this, but this is a detective like you see on those shows. Yeah. That rogue detective, he's smoking a cigarette, you know, he's just up all night. Like, ah, oh, man, this guy is just getting away from me. For four years, this guy, this serial killer, was terrorizing these women, leaving their, their nude and raped bodies just 
tossed out on the side of Johannesburg like trash. And the police could not find him at all. So they finally, and not not they, the president calls this one detective. And this one guy, one guy is not a, oh, the uh, Los Angeles Homicide Department. They call one guy because he is the best. And his book, this book is freaking amazing, dude. He has, he uh, he's dead now. He, he died in 2008. Mm. But holy shit, this guy is a boss. He was like, I'm going to solve this motherfucker. He's a super sleuth. He says, remember, I've put a lot of criminals behind bars and I'm a topic of discussion there. I can walk into any jail right now and you won't believe how many Piet specials will greet me. Hmm. So his his first name is Piet, P-I-E-T. Hmm. This is the cases he solved. And some of them, look at this. This is, uh, this is his profile right here. South Africa's very own super sleuth. The top 11 cases. This guy right here. He, Looks like a good dude. He is the the one guy that can... Look at this. Serial killer. Serial killer. Serial rapist. Serial killer. Serial killer. He's serial killer. Serial rapist. Serial killer. I mean, dude. Wow. One guy. And not, it's not a team. Wait, can you go back to that page? I just want to highlight human murder. Yeah, I wonder what that is. I don't know. Oh, I mean, I think it's just regular murder, but I just think it's interesting that it says human murder. Yeah. So... Unlike the United States or, or wherever, these guys call one guy and they're like, please solve this for us. And he does. Because he's a badass. I'm telling you, man. A bamf. A bamf. All right. He puts out a profile that is better than any FBI profile I've ever seen. He says all the victims. What? Jen was like, oh, it was a good bloody mirror. I was like, it's, it wasn't. It's okay. You make the better ones. No. I, I No, they were, they were good. I liked them. No, yours are definitely way better. I like mine with real blood. The menstrual tape. I was gonna I literally was about <laughs> to say period blood. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I you know what? I don't think I mentioned in the Lizzie Boarding case, and it's gonna bother me if I don't say it right now, even though I know it's not on the episode, is that Lizzie said that her, her father came in and he took his shoes off and then like fell asleep, but he's literally pictured with his shoes on. Discrepancy in her story. He puts a profile together. Better than any I've seen. He likes some young, well-bred, neat dress. He likes and will only take a working girl, but that doesn't mean prostitute. I know that means that over here. But for him, none of that. Not one. He And the reason why, well, do you want to try to guess the reason why he wouldn't kill a prostitute? Because he was a pimp? No. Are you wearing my good headphones? You put them over here. I thought those are your good headphones, the ones that you wear. I feel like you wouldn't wear not good headphones. Those those are my editing headphones because they have a flat EQ. Okay. And those are also the headphones that Wolverine wears. Hugh Jackman. You don't even watch Marvel. Hugh Jackman has a picture of him wearing those. Yes. Well, which is what justifies the three hundred dollar price range. Well, Hugh Jackman <laughs> kidding. is also a Broadway star, and you don't seem to care about that. Well, or he care about or superheroes at all. I'm like Wolverine. I can do that too. See. Wow. <laughs> Ching! <laughs> we would call you middleman. <laughs> Young, well-bred, neat dress, doesn't like prostitutes because and only because he sees himself as superior, which is, is very important. It may sound subtle, but that... That right there shows that this is a confident guy and he can easily talk to to women and, and kind of sway them because he's superior. He likes them submissive. Aggression irritates him. Opposition always leads to murder. He likes the bright nail polish as a sexual stimulant for him. High heel shoes are also important and he would not he would never kill a victim with ill-fitting shoes because they look clumsy to him. And and the reason that the detective came up with that is because he always meticulously takes one shoe off the victim and places it right beside the body. But it's got to be a good shoe. It's got to be a designer shoe. It's got to be a Sam Edelman or a Jimmy Cho. Chew. Jimmy Chode. So, <laughs> Jimmy Chode. <laughs> you are your own biggest fan. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, so if it's like a sketcher, he won't take it off? No. So how would you catch this guy? Try to think about it. How would you catch this guy? There were, there were more rapes before... It, it it was rape and then murder. Brandon says, "Oh my God, this guy is Dennis Reynolds." Is who? Dennis, Dennis Reynolds, Reynolds from Metallica. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
What was that one? Oh, that new season. We, we need to rewatch It's Always Sunny. I, I've, been, I've been watching it at night. I just, I recently saw the episode where they think that Mac is a serial killer. Yes. <laughs> he's, dra- he's dating the tranny. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So funny. So how would you find this guy? Well, Detective Bivald, this is what he did. And all the other detectives, they, they didn't think to do this. Mm-hmm. He calls around. He calls around to everybody. He says, do you know anyone that has been raped in the last few years? A lot of people didn't come forward right when it happens but we know this guy's a sexual piranha mm-hmm. this guy is a sexual piranha so let's call around and ask who has any experience with this and let's see if we can kind of build a profile because this is kind of a small area it could possibly be the same guy so that's what he did all six of the women that came forward that said that they've been raped but didn't report it said that he was a short slender neat man in his 20s a sotho s-o-t-h-o which is the uh, area so he had a an accent specific accent with a soft voice his kumbi which is i'm gonna show you what a kumbi is was as neat as a pin a pair of women's oh, kumbi is a car i'm gonna mm-hmm. show you that's what i thought maybe it might be a pair of women's panties hung from the rear view mirror while he was driving, he played music. He was a real Romeo. This guy's a taxi driver. And this is what a kumbi is. And I want to import one of these because these are amazing. Check this shit out. Ooh, it's like a Volkswagen van. Yeah. It is a Volkswagen van. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But this is a kumbi. So this is what the taxis... I don't know if they're... I mean... Obviously, they're probably not still using these. Well, I think it's interesting. I mean, that's that's good for carpooling if you had to pick yeah. up multiple people. But it's kind of also, I hate to say this, the perfect van for a, a perfect like cover for a rapist. There's plenty no. of room in the back. Yeah, but it's t- too many windows, man. You know, too many windows. Well, I mean, you have to cover them up. Well, if he's a necrophiliac, then he really. Have and to plus, I don't know how much room is in the back because he would always uh, do his raping outside. But maybe that was so he didn't get. DNA in there. But this is, I think, is a nice looking car. It's kind of like a little mini school bus. Yeah, that's cool. I don't think they use them anymore, but I'm not sure. I still need to find, you guys need to send me that site with the import for the Jeeps. Um, gosh. Um, I think it's what? X hamster. Shut up, John. He always selected his victims carefully, waiting for the perfect time. Remember, this is a taxi driver from what this detective found out. He's a taxi driver. Why the fuck can't we catch a damn taxi driver? Because he's always driving all over the place. He may not have a specific route. This guy would become your go-to taxi driver. He would build up trust several months he would basically get you to the point where you were thinking about a relationship with this guy. He's taking you to church. He's doing all this stuff, but all of a sudden, you to church, I'll drive all of a sudden, he takes a detour in his combi. He drives to a secluded spot, usually a cornfield, and he forces the victim on her stomach. He takes an now the victim at these points, a lot of the women would probably willingly have sex with him. Oh, because they know him. They trust they him. They know him and trust him, but throws him out the car with a knife to their neck, tells her to get on her stomach. Then he rapes her. And then he does what we described earlier. The killer here tonight changed his MO completely. And this threw the detectives off, but not this one guy. And I guess in South Africa with serial killers, I don't know, because we've only done this case. It's the only South African serial killer. We've done killer. one other South Africa case. Mm. Yeah, but it wasn't a serial killer. Right. It's just some kid that killed these two girls. I know. I'm just saying. What's the guy's name? Marvin. Marvin? I don't know why that I, came to my mind. I'll give, you two, I'll give someone two points if they can tell me the guy's name. Starts with an X. You don't answer it. I don't know it. All right. So he changed this guy, this taxi driver killer, narcissist killer didn't stop looking at your phone she's looking at loons horrible you, no she's not do you need a luna cam unless luna's luna on her cam. phone well then give me your damn phone go ahead take it go ahead i mean give it to me give it you concentrate on one profile only to discover that the killer has changed his modus operandi in other countries, serial killers tend to follow the same modus operandi for each murder. But here they use different methods and operate in different areas. It's it's a feature peculiar to South African serial killings. I don't know why. The detectives, they were doing something wrong before they called this guy. The reason he changed his M.O., is because they decided the best way to catch this guy is to release everything to the media. Everything. Mm. So this guy was playing cat and mouse. Oh, you you think I'm this? I'll be this. Changed everything. 
everything. So immediately when this bifold detective got in here, he stopped that. No news whatsoever. But all these murders we're about to talk about were linked and it's a completely different MO. No taxi involved, but it's the same guy. So what we're going to talk about now, or I'm just going to get into it, June 1996. So this is a month after or two months after the March one. He has been reading the newspapers. He has been watching the TV. He knows they're on to him. So he's got to change up something. A young couple drives down, drives down the road by South, uh, by Johannesburg. They're in a Backy, which is like a little one of those little cars, kind of like a Honda Civic or something. And all of a sudden they hit what they think is some rocks in the road, some kind of large rocks. The back tire blows out. Now, this couple, young, they just got married and they were on their way to their honeymoon. They hit these rocks. The car sputtering. They come to a spot where there's a little bridge. A man gets out and he approaches. He's a nice looking man. He is offering his help. Oh, I see you're having a little trouble there. You know, is there anything I can do to help? He waits till there's no one else in the vicinity. Then he brandishes the knife. He puts it to the the woman, the new married woman. And he basically says, you're going to do what I say. And they said that he was, and, and other victims said this too, that he was, quote, excessively aggressive. He forces the couple back into the car. He, he tells the wife to sit on the husband's lap, and he is driving, the this guy, mm-hmm. this random guy. Right. And he drives into the Veld, which is like um, the Veld, V-E-L-D, in South Africa is like a... The plains, kind of like a. Let me just show like you. Like the Midwest. The Midwest. The prairies. Yeah. 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 To the prairies. South Africa. To the ocean. Veld. So this is what a veld is right here. Oh shit! I gotta plug this back up. Oh no! I- so this is like a veld right here. See, kind of just like you know, oh. prairie prairie lands or something. Plus the rains down in Africa. Yeah. So he drives. All the way to the Veld, which you see, there's no one out there. Mm -hmm. So if you're driving out there, you're probably going to be alone. The man drove into the Veld, pulled the couple out of the vehicle, forced the man to his knees, and made him watch as he raped his wife while the baby cried hysterically. The woman's desperate pleas must have struck a chord with the rapist because out of nowhere, he felt an ounce of mercy. He let the young family go, but he left something behind, something that would bring him ever closer to a prison cell, his semen DNA. So in a couple of these cases he finds some compassion somewhere he doesn't kill him this couple he leaves them to be he throws the baby out of the car the wife's been raped the husband had to watch they are now in these south african plains in the sweltering heat he throws the baby out of the car gets in the car and drives it away leaving them there they were the lucky ones now this is during the murder time so he is doing these simultaneously you know what i'm saying he doesn't really care about murdering you he just wants to get his sexual gratification he just murdered like three people we just talked about and then this is just a a rape so it's like you know anyway the dna matched this serial killer and he said and this couple said that he was excessively aggressive now let's let's talk about the serial killer because he was caught by this detective because this detective is the best he's the bomb.com this is the guy we're talking about tonight this guy's name is lazarus mazingane that's the knot yeah this is not this is brandon knot huh i mean that's what they were calling the knot because because of his name yeah oh okay yeah, oh you probably it. makes a lot more sense <laughs> yeah <laughs> 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 and you thought we weren't paying attention. Uh, yeah, Mazingane. And that is how you say it, too, because I actually heard someone in South Africa say it. Oh, like Lazarus Mazingane. That is him right here. This is after he was arrested. So if you can you describe him? I mean, young. he looks young. Yeah. Yeah, he's in his 20s. Yeah. Okay. Uh, dark does complexion. He look, does he look like a sexual deviant and a sexual? Um, no, no, but you can't always tell that. No, it looks like he's got like acne scars on his mm-hmm. face or something, right? Yeah. Does he look handsome? He's not my type. And like nice. He doesn't look like a bad guy. Wait, does he? Does he look like he'd pick you up and take you to church and meet your family and drive you for months? I I, I wouldn't have any concerns getting into a car with him. No, by any means. See, that's the problem. Yeah, that's the problem these women were having. Well. I 
it's hard. Like, how are you going to, like, unless you got a gut sense of, like, who something feels off here. Mm-hmm. But, st- like, it's not like a, a, there's a, a, any I- identifiers. Follow your heart, <laughs> your intuition. So this guy is from Soweto, which is really close by. And Lazarus Mazingane, when it, when he it. He doesn't look that big either. No, he's like, small. To he's, overpower he's short. Anyone. He's very yeah. short. When it. He's very short. When it comes to the 14-year-old Prudence Miller, he always let her sit in the front seat. Now, that's kind of odd, you know, for, I mean, think about getting in a taxi today and he's like, oh, just come up here and sit down, you know? Yeah. It's the same thing. So what I'm trying to say is he built up trust with her. He would play her favorite music. They would talk. I mean, they have a 30-minute drive to her school every morning. Then he's got to drive her back. Months go by. She's sitting in the front using first names, giggling, laughing. All of a sudden, the demon comes out. Literally, that's what it is. Because her body, they can't even show because it was so horrific what he did. So whatever is inside of him, the demon just comes out. It's like Ted Bundy. You see, we did the Ted Bundy. You see how just when he gets into that mindset and he's going to get what he wants, he's just completely brutal, 100%. -hmm. You know, so with the 14-year-old, he would let her sit in front. She was pretty and her short school uniform turned me on. I would play her nice music while we were driving. This guy, Lazarus Mazingane, was born in 1973. He was born in a prison. Born in a prison. The Kroonstad prison. His mother was serving five years. Five years for prostitution and selling daga. What is daga? Basically, it's South African cannabis. Oh, okay. Daga. D-A-G-G-A. Daga. Daga. So it's South African cannabis. I always think it's interesting to hear like foreign languages and hear what their words for our words are. But you know, the English language is the hardest language to learn. Yeah, I know. It took me forever to learn it. All right, hold on. His tram says Lady Daga. Lady Daga. Lady, yeah, Lady Killer. Lady Gaga, the killer of someone far more we're talented. Not, no, we're not going into this. Someone far more talented. We haven't done the story, so you can't say. I didn't want to do it. You know why? Because she's guilty. No, she like, is you not. You haven't done the story. And Lady Gaga's like, Stop. Let's not talk about it because you haven't done you it. You will not besmirch, besmirch the name of besmirch. my fish. Is it? Is it? You will. You said besmirch. I you will did besmirch. But you will not. <laughs> is it besmirch? Yeah. You will not besmirch the name of Lady Gaga on this day of my birth. I will bequeath that request. Thank you. To whom? My queef. <laughs> A queen. My queen. <laughs> my queef. <laughs> on on this day, the anniversary of my birth. <laughs> I, I got to admit, what she proclaimed. I got to admit, is gross, but queef is a beautiful word. <laughs> uh, is anybody even watching this anymore? They are. Oh shit! Ashley's like, is there another one after this? Or no, uh, we're gonna save it for tomorrow. Yeah, we gotta either. save it for tomorrow. If you guys want to hear about the minstrel house, no, the stop the minstrel house. I want to do that story, or I have another you don't have one. Have to call it the minstrel house. I have a couple stories I've been working on, so I don't know, but yeah. We'll do it tomorrow. Hello. The first memory Lazarus had as a child. Remember, he was born in a prison cell. The first memory he's had and the one he always, I mean, you you remember your one of some of your first memories. Yeah. His first memories were in a prison cell. Oh, damn. Why? <laughs> Good question. We, y'all weren't listening. He was born in a prison cell. What the fuck? Yeah, but you don't really have memories until you're around like three years old. Yeah. Oh. She was in prison until five, oh, for five years. That's right, you did that. So I guess in South Africa, if you're born in prison, you just live there with a the mother. It's fucking weird. My first memory is when I was three and um, I got in trouble at preschool for hitting a boy Ooh. who became like my childhood like crush slash boyfriend who I ended up like, being gay. I used to go around and tell everyone that certain people have cooties. I, <laughs> you have cooties. I also remember walking to McDonald's and it was all the way up. Like we, I lived on a, on a hill and uh, like the, the road that I live on is Tarkin, Tarkin Hill Road. And so there was a big hill at one point on it. And my babysitter and I walked to McDonald's and we were walking back and my dad was on his way home from work. And he's like, what are you doing? And we're like, we're walking back to McDonald's. And he like stopped and picked us up. He's never forgiven his mother. He says, quote, she fucked up my life. 
The mother was released from prison, became an alcoholic, and continued to sell Daga. Mazingane was raised by his grandmother, and those that knew his mother said the following, quote, You could see that there was not even one ounce of maternal love for her son. Not even one ounce. Not even one iota of love. She didn't give a fuck. Mm. She's going to make her money, son. Mm -hmm. She fucked up my life. Lazarus finishes school. He ends up marrying a nice girl named Nompi, N-O-M-P-I. And he physically, emotionally, and verbally abused her. Mm. He would tie her up to the bed or to to a chair and and make her watch him having sex with other women. Girls would come in. Women would come in. He would have sex with them. He would tie up his wife and make her watch. That's terrible. He abused Nompi appallingly, both physically and emotionally. He would tie her to the bed and have sex with other women while she was forced to watch helplessly. After he had shot her during one of his regular bouts of fury, Nompi fled to her parents' home and later a charge against him. He later kidnapped her, brutally assaulted her, drove back to her parents' home and threw her out of his taxi, leaving her unconscious in an unconscious heap on the pavement. He shouted at her mother, take back your fucking bitch. Hmm. At the mother, he shout. this is the his wife's mother. He throws her out of the taxi and then looks at the mother and says, take back your fucking bitch. Wow. Nopi later testified against him as a character witness. She would not even look at him. You know how you're supposed to, you know, do you see the person here in court? She refused. Hmm. She could not look at him. Not once. Even when he was wasn't looking in her direction she could not look at her too much ptsd what couldn't her eyes couldn't physically not look at him so he did admit to the detective that every woman his, he killed was his mother kind of like ted bunny ah. every woman he killed was his girlfriend ex-girlfriend yeah. type of thing so taxi driver ordinary guy kind good circle of friends church going every evening he scrubbed his compi his taxi until it was spotless now i do got to bring this up real quick but don't look too far into it with the ta- with the uh, rocks on the road which he did that five or six times the busting the tires yada 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 he had a wingman this guy's name was kaisa mazwega they would both drive around in the taxi sometime but a lot of the times it was the rocks on the road he didn't rape the Uh, victims Mm -hmm. but he liked to watch and the reason he didn't partake because he was quote too sick with aids to take part so he was a sickly man Mm. and and that's all i'm going to talk about that guy but he did get in a little bit of trouble mazingane was in complete control of the matsegua he threatened to kill him if he talked matsegua was so afraid of him that when he was apprehended and taken into custody he pleaded not to be locked up in the same police station as Zingane. He was later found guilty of one only one charge, robbery with aggravating circumstances. July 24th, 1997, we're going to a couple. This is the car they were driving, not the same one, but this is this is what they were driving. It's a little Mazda, Midge. yeah, Mazda Midge. This couple driving this car and they were on highway number 12 on the outskirts of Johannesburg. So they were right here. You see, let me uh so this, where am I at? Um, this is uh, Highway 12. This is Highway 12, this uh, yellow one right here. So they were about right here at this intersection. And and this isn't a big highway. I mean, it, it looks big. And, and it is, you know, it does have traffic on it. This is 1997, but it's not, it's not like our super highways. Mm-hmm. But there was a couple driving along this road and all of a sudden they have a flat tire. So the rocks, rocks in the road, you know, it's Mazingane and he is an opportunist. However, this couple was a little older. A Gert Aspling, 66, and his wife, Elise, 62. The wife, an invalid, handicapped. There was a wheelchair in the back of the car. They're driving on N12, highway number 12, and they have a flat tire. They come up to the bridge, the intersection bridge. There was a nice looking South African man, actually two, mm-hmm. you know, as wingman. But right. there was a nice South African man approaching and he asked if the couple need any help. Oh, it... What happened here? Oh no, this is terrible. You guys need like can can we can I help? Can mm-hmm. me and my friend help? 
at this point he he's looking left and right making sure no cars is coming and once he's in the clear he produces that knife a 66 year old man is not really going to put up a fight okay but the elderly man the husband does refuse to hand over the keys at first all of a sudden mazingane pulls out a, a small caliber pistol puts it right to his forehead and pulls the trigger boom Damn. dead right there mm. right where i showed you on that road dead leave him there dead dying Let's go. Does not give a fuck. Does not give a fuck. Elise, the 62-year-old invalid who's handicapped, who couldn't even get out of the car, just watched her husband die, left on the road, and now these two men are getting in the car. And she can't even talk. You know, she is, she's an invalid. That man is dead right on the road. Just don't even, let's not move the body. Just leave it right there. All right. And they drive all the way to Eichenhof and into a cornfield. This is where, this is about where they were right here. Eichenhof is right here. And you can see that there's a lot of wooded areas around here. Like up in here, there's a lot of places that, yeah, there's civilization. But I mean, let's take a look at this right quick. Like you could easily pull your car off at this intersection right here and drive behind that hill let's say and no one will see you and that's exactly what what he did so it's the two men and the the handicapped woman at this point mm. she couldn't move obviously she's handicapped right he gets out of the car he pulls the sheepskin seat covers off and throws them on the ground he takes her opens the door takes her by the shoulder and then rips her out of the seat throws her right down on the ground at this point she is begging this 62 year old woman is begging and she is like i said completely helpless she is mumbling begging for him not to rape her and eventually whatever she said did strike a chord and and he didn't he jumped in the car and said whatever left her there drove to the local pawn shop pawned the wheelchair for just a few few measly coins sold her wheelchair she was lucky lucky she wasn't raped but he left her there this is south africa johannesburg it's hot sweltering heat in this open field it's like the lion king out there literally i mean it is hot and there is no shelter she is handicapped she is laying in the field burning she was there almost two days couldn't move no water sweltering heat luckily a tractor driver spotted her because she was dead pretty much on the cusp she was almost at that point he left her there in in the hot, in the desert, just left her there. Two days later, tractor driver finds her. She lives, but her life is over. She now stays in an assisted care facility since her husband was her only caretaker. She loses her husband. She loses her life. She's left there to to rot like an animal carcass. Mm-hmm. Awful. It, it took until the year 2000 to, until he was finally caught. Hmm. He did the rock trick again. But this time, he busted the tire of a prominent attorney. It was a female attorney. And she played the cards. She knew what was going on. She knew that she couldn't overpower him. Plus, he had a gun. Hmm. She said, okay, she was raped. Immediately, she went, took the rape kit test, and talked to the detective. And they found him almost immediately after that. So he was caught and you, you guys know we talked about him and stuff like that. He would give the jewelry that he would take from the victims to his girlfriend. So his wife dumped him. He's got a new girlfriend. She's getting this used jewelry. And he says, quote, she had been, let's say, a bit worried because the jewelry always appeared slightly used. He was the fifth serial killer in South America. He's still in prison. He'll be there forever. What's weird about that? Think about that for a minute. The judge described him. Lazarus Mazingane as, quote, extremely aggressive, arrogant, vague, and untruthful. 270 witnesses showed up to testify against him. He was sentenced to 17 life sentences and 781 years in prison, guilty of 74 accounts. Good. Mazingane stared straight ahead, expressionless, when he was found guilty on more than 16 counts of murder, five of attempted murder, three of kidnapping, 20 of robbery with aggravating circumstances, and 22 of rape and the illegal possession of firearms and ammunition. What's weird about that? Think about it. 17 life sentences, 781 years in prison. He'll be there forever. It's full circle. He was born in a prison and he's going to die in a prison. The same prison he was born in. All right, that's it. That's all I got for tonight. I guess we'll, if you guys want to get on tomorrow we'll do another one for you guys but thank you guys so much i hope you guys enjoyed that we're releasing episodes monday wednesday and friday now if we have three a week so next week will probably be tuesday and thursday but i'm trying to release more and more and more so you know 
supply and, and demand. So if you like that, be sure to subscribe and join us next week. And that's all I got. So until next time, good night, you lovely, lovely people.